0: Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles for regular people. I'm your host, Rev. Robin. In this podcast, we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. I also have another podcast that is reading and discussing the daily workbook lessons. That one is called A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I love talking with people about A Course in Miracles in the daily lessons, and I welcome interaction and feedback. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I have a Facebook page called A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMFRP. That's A Course in Miracles for Regular People. ACIMFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. Actually, you can also make donations on Anchor if you'd like to support this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode number 71. Today we are continuing in chapter three, the innocent perception. And we are beginning section seven, creating versus the self image. Okay, so last week, we concluded Section 6, Judgment and the Authority Problem, and we learned that what the authority problem is, is when we see ourselves as separate from God and each other, and believe that we created ourselves, thereby removing God's authorship of us, and thereby losing the power to create. Not that we don't have that power anymore, just that we don't recognize that we have it. So beginning paragraph one of section seven. Every system of thought must have a starting point. It begins with either a making or a creating, a difference we have already discussed. Their resemblance lies in their power as foundations. Their difference lies in what rests upon them, what rests upon those foundations. Both are cornerstones for systems of belief by which one lives. It is a mistake to believe that a thought system based on lies is weak. The strength of a thought system is not based on whether or not it's true. It's based on whether or not we believe it. So if we believe a thought system that is a lie or that is false, that doesn't mean that that thought system is weak. Continuing, nothing made by a child of God is without power. It is essential to realize this because otherwise... You will be unable to escape from the prison that you have made. Whatever we make is powerful. We believe, and that belief in something is what gives it power. And when we realize this, then we can escape from the prison that we've made. But if we don't realize it, we're trapped. And we can't, we can't see reality. Continuing with paragraph two. You cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your mind. In other words, believing that our mind is weak is not recognizing God as our creator. Therefore, the authority problem still exists. To do so, to believe that God is not our creator, is to deceive yourself. And this will hurt you because you really understand the strength of the mind. In reality, we do understand the strength of our mind. So when we're deceiving ourselves about it, that is detrimental to us. Continuing, you also realize that you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. So in reality, we do know these things and quote unquote believing the opposite doesn't make it real. The devil is a frightening concept because he seems to be extremely powerful and extremely active. He is perceived as a force in combat with God, battling him for possession of his creations this reminds me of the place in the Bible where Jesus was telling the people, you know, how can, how can anyone plunder a strong man's house unless he first binds up the strong man? And traditional teachings that I grew up with indicated that the strong man was the devil. And it says people say, like, we bind you Satan in the name of Jesus and you loose this one. And it's making Satan a strong man. But I now believe that we are the strong man and we have been bound up with the lies of the devil. So continuing, the devil deceives by lies and build kingdoms in which everything is in direct opposition to God. Yet, he attracts men rather than repels them. And they are willing to, quote-unquote, sell their souls in return for gifts of no real worth. This makes absolutely no sense. So, people are deceived by the lies that we are all separate, individuals, separate from each other, separate from God, and that physical reality is the real reality, and whatever you accomplish here is very important. And people, quote-unquote, sell their soul to the devil to get Money and fame and fortune and in the real reality these things don't matter. They are of no real worth. Continuing with paragraph 3 We have discussed the fall or separation before but its meaning must be clearly understood. The separation is a system of thought that is real enough in time though not real at all in eternity. All beliefs are real to the believer. So um, the separation is a system of thought that's real enough in time. In other words, in physical reality where we see ourselves as separate bodies, separate beings, separate from God, separate from the devil. But in reality, in eternity, that thought system is not real at all. But all beliefs are real to the believer. I had a conversation with my son one time, a number of years ago, and we were talking about little kids believing in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. And... I said, Well, whatever you believe is real to you. And he said, Oh, so that does that mean that the Santa Claus is real and the Easter Bunny is real? And I said, Well, to those who believe, they receive the benefits of that belief, right? If they be good, they get presents from Santa. If they believe in the Easter Bunny, then they get a basket of candy. So beliefs are real to the believer. But that doesn't mean that those beliefs are actually real in reality. Continuing. The fruit of only one tree was quote unquote forbidden in the symbolic garden, but God could not have forbidden it or it could not have been eaten. If God forbids something it can't happen. God forbid. <laughs> um continuing If God knows his children, And I assure you that he does. Would he have put them in a position where their own destruction was possible? Doesn't sound like a very wise or loving parent. The forbidden tree, quote unquote, was named the tree of knowledge. Actually, in my Bible, it was called the the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But let's just continue here. So the tree was named the, the tree of knowledge. Yet God created knowledge and gave it freely to his creations. The symbolism here has been given many interpretations, but you may be sure that any interpretation that sees either God or his creations as capable of destroying their own purpose is in error. In the teaching that I was raised with, the reason that God created humanity was to love them and this makes perfect sense now that how could the creations do something that was forbidden by God that would make God that would make the creations more powerful than their creator and the purpose that God created us was to have fellowship with us, to love us. And why would God put his creations in a situation where he knew that they would destroy themselves? That doesn't make any sense either. Although, in my mind, as I pondered a story of the garden, and I was told that it was real, and I believed for many, many years that it was a literal garden, and that was literally where the first two human beings were created. <clears throat> now, the way that I reasoned it out in my mind was that in order to have free will, there had to be an opportunity for the humans to do something other than what God said so that we wouldn't be puppets on strings. And the reason that God said, don't eat from that tree was because he didn't want them to know the pain of evil, the pain of separation but they did and God knew that they would. So he put the tree there, he put the humans there and he told them not to eat it knowing that they would. And he had a plan in place that when they did, there would be a way for that relationship to be put back together. That when the man and the woman ate the fruit from that tree they would be separated from God but there was a plan in place and that was Jesus coming to earth and being crucified in place of the humans who were, cruci- were deserved to, to die or were dying because of their quote unquote sin now Continuing with paragraph four. Let's see if this will line up with all that that I just said. Eating of the fruit of the knowledge. Eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for usurping the ability for self-creating. It's a symbol for taking over the ability to create ourselves and actually believing that we did create ourselves rather than believing that we have been created by God. So this, this not creating ourselves, is the only sense in which God and his creations are not co-creators. The belief that they are, that we are, that we and God are creators, are co-creators of ourselves, that belief is implicit in the self-concept or the tendency of the self to make an image of itself. Images are perceived, not known. Knowledge cannot deceive, but perception can. What is knowledge is true. Perception is different for everybody depending on their position in the situation. you can perceive yourself as self-creating but you cannot do more than believe it. You cannot make it true and as I said before when you finally perceive correctly you can only be glad that you cannot until then until you finally perceive correctly until then however the belief that you can is the foundation stone in your thought system the belief that you can create yourself is the foundation stone in your thought system and all your defenses are used to attack ideas that might bring it to light that all of our defenses are used to attack ideas that might bring the true perception to light, the idea that our belief of self-creation is false. Continuing, you still believe that you're an image of your own making. Your mind is split with the Holy Spirit on this point, so our mind is split. We are not in agreement with him. And there is no resolution while you believe the one thing that is literally inconceivable that we could could have created ourselves. That is why you cannot create and are filled with fear about what you make. Paragraph 5. The mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful. And this belief is the devil. The idea that we are separate is the devil. It is powerful, active, destructive, and clearly in opposition to God because it literally denies his fatherhood. Look at your life and see what the devil has made. But realize that this making will surely dissolve in the light of truth because its foundation is a lie. So, what, quote unquote, the devil has made in our lives is all of the, the pain and the suffering and the fear All of the bad things that happen, tragedies, the, the seeming death of loved ones. That is what this idea of separation the devil has made. Continuing, your creation by God is the only foundation that cannot be shaken. Because the light is in it. Your starting point is truth. And you must return to your beginning, capital B. Much has been seen since then, but nothing has really happened. Your self, your true self, is still in peace, even though your mind is in conflict. You have not yet gone back far enough, and that is why you become so fearful. As you approach the beginning, capital B, beginning. In other words, as we learn and grow through this course, as we begin to remember what the truth, capital T, really is, you feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system upon you as if it were the fear of death. So as we learn and grow, we begin to feel that everything we believed is wrong and our worldview is being turned on its head. The foundation stone of our thought system is being threatened and it feels like we're going to die. But there is no death, but there is a belief in death. Starting chapter, uh, paragraph six, the branch that bears no fruit will be cut off and will wither away. That sounds like we'll be cut off from God and die if we don't obey. Continuing, be glad. The light will shine from the true foundation F, capital F, of your life. And your own thought system will stand corrected. So the thought system is what is being represented by the branch, not us, not our lives. So it the thought system cannot stand otherwise otherwise unless it's corrected you who fear salvation are choosing death life and death light and darkness knowledge and perception are irreconcilable to believe that they can be reconciled is to believe that god and his son can not Or are able to not be reconciled. Only the oneness of knowledge is free of conflict. So when we know, when we really know that there is only oneness, there is no conflict. There is no light or dark. There is no knowledge or perception. There is no life or death. It's only life. It's only light. It's only knowledge. Continuing. Your kingdom is not of this world because it was given you from beyond this world. Only in this world is the idea of an authority problem meaningful. Only in this world could we question the authorship of ourselves. Continuing, the world is not left by death, but by truth. That sounds to me like if my body dies before I get the revelation of the truth, I won't leave this world. I'll be born again into another physical body and continue my journey back to the capital B beginning, where truth can be known by all those for whom the kingdom was created and for whom it waits. So we got the whole of section seven completed in one episode. I thought it was really interesting. I really enjoyed doing it. Here are my takeaways self-image is a perception of ourselves that is different from what our true self is because perception and knowledge cannot be reconciled second our belief that we created ourselves is what stands in the way of our oneness with god and third The world is not left by death, but by truth. I think that's really profound. So this week, I wish you a week of remembering the truth. Many blessings. Namaste.